What is going on, DC? This is Move the District, hosted by yours truly, Mike Yassin. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a physical therapist, and this podcast is dedicated to highlighting members of the Washington, DC health and fitness community and giving you the correct information with no BS to help you live a life that's active, healthy, and fulfilled. All right, welcome back to episode 13 of Move the District. I'm pumped to be here, back with you guys again. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we have a very, very special guest. I think it's a good follow-up from uh, episode two with David Megida. Please welcome to the show. He is the regional manager and a coach, personal trainer, and really just an all-around great guy, Jamel Clark. Jamel, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, thanks for having me on, Mike. That's awesome. I Love feel it. like... I feel like I should have uh, included your uh, woodworking. I feel like that was one of those things that should go into your like bio. It's like woodwork master. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's uh, way too soon for that. I'm just starting out. Um, <laughs> that I mean, or or um, you can include a lot of things. Man of many talents. I should have. That's what that's what I should have said. Okay. All around can... great guy and man of many talents. Barbecue, right? We got the barbecue. We got the woodworking. I did bodybuilding when I started fitness. Bodybuilding, like, see, like, what else? What can you not do? Uh, I can't swim. Can't swim. Oh god. <laughs> can't swim. All right. I feel like that's like got to be like the next thing that you you work on now. Uh, yeah, I'll get there. Or have you tried and it just hasn't worked? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have tried several times. <laughs> Is that like one of those where you just like get thrown in the deep end? You're like, all right, let's see what happens. Uh, no, I did that uh, when I was younger. Uh, my friends used to push me in the pool. And uh, I would just walk underwater from 12 feet to 5 feet so I can get out. Underwater, just walking through. That's like something out of like uh, Game of Thrones when they like, like the White Walkers. It's just like, just come up. Nothing can like stop them. I just see you just like with like a 25 pound, maybe like a 50 pound weight vest, just like <laughs> walking through 12 feet of water. <laughs> Because now you you were in the the army, right? Is that where you? Yeah, right here in D.C. Actually, um, I was part of the, the D.C. National Guard for about eight years, um, and I finished up my my contract uh, two thousand four into two thousand four. No, early two thousand five. I'm sorry. Yeah, like March two thousand five. Gotcha, gotcha. And then yeah, so I mean, you didn't do you didn't have to do any swimming while you were uh, as a member of the National Guard. No, that's uh, that's for uh, the Navy and, and, and the Marines. Uh, I guess so. I guess that's that's their uh, that's their thing. Yeah. Um, so now, when you got out, when you finished working with the National Guard, is that when you made the jump into fitness, or or when did you get your where did you get your start? Uh, I mean, I've always been into fitness uh, pretty much since about high school, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did wrestling in high school for a few years, so um, that's. One of the few ways that uh, David and I connected when we when we first uh, started the studio, we were like, "Oh, you, you both wrestled, so that was cool." Well, so well now the question comes: Who who ha- have you guys wrestled? Uh, no, actually we haven't, but we're not in each other's weight class either. So that's you know that's a key factor. That's true. That's true. Because <laughs> I would I feel like that would be a good um, like a birthday because you got do like the elevate anniversary challenges. I think yeah. one should just be the two of you guys like wrestling. <laughs> that would be pretty brutal. <laughs> you can get like Eric to be the ref, maybe. 
It reminds me of, uh, you remember Police Academy when the, yeah. uh, the two big guys were going at it outside and just like, just thunder cracking. It would be very similar to that. Cla- a clash of the Titans. Yeah. Oh my God. That's great. Um, so, so you were, you were a wrestler in high school yep. and then that just kind of started the, the process. Yeah. I, I kind of, uh, got into lifting then, uh, the wrestling coach had us lifting quite a bit. And, um, when I went to college, we didn't have like a wrestling team. So I found a bunch of other guys who used to wrestle and, uh, we started off, we would practice wrestling and then we would lift and then we started to lift and then we would practice wrestling a little. And then after a while it was just lifting. Let's just lift. <laughs> yeah, let's just lift. We'll skip the other side. Uh, and then um, I got into it a little bit more uh, after college and while I was in the military as well. And um, when I was here in D.C., um, we, some of my friends started to, like, convince me into, uh, to start bodybuilding. And uh, it took about a year and a half before I agreed to it. I just, I just didn't think it was something that I really wanted to do. I just kind of wanted to work out and have a good time with everybody. Right. They talked me into it. I, I uh, found a uh, personal trainer coach who helped me out quite a bit. And uh, I ended up doing three shows over the course of two years. All right. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot there, especially about like um, body mechanics and you know how to control like each and every muscle group separately because you know you're on stage you have to flex so oh yeah it was a a very interesting experience and uh, i pull a lot of my you know overall experience from from that time that i was there and the time that i was competing um and then it just sort of uh kept going after that i was going to take a year off from bodybuilding because uh, the coaches or the judges, they said that um, I would always place in the top five, but in, in order for me to win, I'd have to put on a little more mass. Oh, and, man. Yeah, uh, you are pretty skinny. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so I decided, I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll take a year off and just work on building mass. And it just so happens that um, we, uh, my, my, unit in dc got sent to iraq in 2003 so that kind of uh put the kibosh on on training for a little while mm-hmm. but the good thing was that like while you're over there you, there's no gym in the desert at least <laughs> we got there <laughs> so and, so what did your training look like while you were while you're over there i think that's a that's a good thing a good topic here well that's when i really got into like more of the what most people would consider like oddball training, just the random stuff, like five gallon water jugs and uh, ridiculous amounts of lunges and picking up rocks and sandbags and things or whatever you can find doing pull-ups in the truck. You know, it, mm-hmm. it was just a lot of different things and just staying moving all the time. And um, you kind of learn how your body works when, when you have to and you really want to, um, but you're not confined to... I have to be at a gym and I have to pick up weights. I have to have a barbell. I have to have, you know, dumbbells. There was none of that. So I had to improvise a lot of things. I didn't even pack, you know, a TRX strap. I didn't pack uh, any resistance bands. 
it was literally whatever I could come up with in the dirt. Yeah. And it was good. Uh, <laughs> fun, and I had a lot of followers. So <laughs> they're like, wait, he's still the same size and we've been here for six months. Maybe there's something to what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Cause that was like, I mean, isn't that kind of how the, the TRX straps is that how they kind of got their start? Cause they were created by a, was it a Marine, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I don't remember the exact details, but no, yeah. How can we maximize like what we have here? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it came in handy just yeah. uh, experimenting with different uh, aspects of freedom and the lack of weights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's like how, like, I think that kind of like hit style workout kind of like elevate or CrossFit like has gained like popularity, like within the military for like the performance side of things. It's like, all right, let's do like whatever we can do and like, let's do a lot of it and fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tricky part was though, you know, you, it's, it's harder to program per se. Right. Especially for me back then, because the, my fitness knowledge was based on whatever I found in, you know, flex magazine or, you know, right. uh, pump or pumping iron or something like that. So it was, sort of random back then just because I wasn't like studying. I was literally just sort of following uh, what a lot of the uh, bigger name uh, bodybuilders and athletes were doing at the time. Now, how did, how did your training or, or well, actually how did your body change from going from like being like strict bodybuilding where you're like on a strict number of calories, strict workouts every day, to then you're in the Middle East. How'd your body respond to that? Um, well, initially when we started, um, I obviously my caloric intake went down <laughs> quite a bit, but but uh, we had uh, MREs. I don't know if you've tried those before. Meals I have not, but I've never, I've heard nothing but bad things about them. Uh, just add water? Yeah. <laughs> But they're they're uh, they're actually pretty high in in calories, but the calories aren't you know they're not quality calories. They're they're survival calories, you know. Right. Uh, so even if I got in five thousand calories a day, it wasn't it wasn't very good. It wasn't a good five thousand calories. Um. So yeah, because of that, not being able to maintain those calories, I obviously started to lean out quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um. But because I was still moving and working out almost just as much, um, in addition to our day-to-day -day, uh, movements that we were doing, because I was a truck driver, so there was always like a mission. You always had to like get up, pack your stuff, drive somewhere, and drive back. So we were, you know, always busy. Right. So all of that movement meant that I was able to maintain quite a bit of muscle mass. Um, or a certain level of, of leanness and my body fat percentage is what started to go down because I was moving around in general so much, even though it wasn't what most people would consider working out. It was just a lot of movement every day. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people s started to notice that, you know, all of that additional movement, um, they started to burn more calories than they were consuming and they started to see that they were losing weight. Um, so that was one of the, the first things I noticed. Um, the next thing I noticed was that in general, my movement got better because, you know, bodybuilding is very, 
it can be, at least back then, it was very one-dimensional. So it was always, you know, uh, working in, you know, one or two planes of movement instead of all of them. That makes sense, yeah. So being stiff and immobile was how I sort of first started off. And then as time progressed and I started to do different things without having uh, the access to a gym. So, you know, you pick up a rock and you do walking lunge with a twist for, you know, 50 paces or whatever. (laughs) Those kind of things make you a lot more mobile. So like getting in and out of the truck became, you know, a lot easier uh, and a lot more fun for me. And sometimes it's sort of like, oh, we're standing around waiting on the base. So I'll do some, you know, I'll just climb up and down the truck 20 times as my workout. Uh, Oh, God. But, you know, overall movement got, you know, a lot better just from that. And I don't think I actually realized that until about a year or two after we came back. Uh, and I noticed that I could move a lot better in different directions. Yeah. Did, um, did other guys, did they like thin out a lot? Did you feel like they like how lost a little more of their muscle mass? Uh, I think some people did. Yeah. Because, uh, a lot of them, there was no gym. So it's really hard if you, know what to look for in a workout or how to you know create one and be experimental with it it's challenging to come up with something decent that you're going to want to consistently do day after day for months on end and um not everybody had that type of thinking right for me it was i have to do something i have to move so i don't care what it is i'll, I'll make it up if i have to you know, this might not be an actual exercise, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking doing it anyway. Yeah, I'm doing it anyway. Climbing out of the truck. That's an exercise to work out. There you uh, go. So, yeah. That sounds, that sounds like something you guys would do in Elevate. That sounds about right. Yeah, if we didn't have, you know, uh, treadmills, TRX, and benches, we'd just have poles on the wall and make people climb up and down. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, so then when you, when you got back, then was it back into bodybuilding or was it more, um, you know, more like interval training, stuff like that? No, actually I did. I went back or I tried to go back into bodybuilding to some extent, but I, at that time I also had an office job. I was, uh, working at a CPA firm <laughs> doing taxes, corporate taxes, uh, corporate Jamel. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to be, you know, the largest accountant in a suit and tie. Isn't that Ronnie Coleman? Wasn't he like, uh, uh, he no, have, like no, a desk he, job or something like that? Well, sort of. Well, no, he was a police officer. In, oh, uh, that's what it was. I remember seeing the documentary of him, like all like, yeah, it was in a police uniform, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, his arms doesn't fit his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get those special ordered? Yeah. Uh, so he um, or I was. I was at a CPA firm and so my lifting schedule changed a lot because of a a tax season. And uh, it was a lot more challenging for me to figure out how I could maintain the the lifting schedule and consistency that I wanted. But at the same time, I also noticed that, you know, they, a lot of the friends that I made at that company invited me out for, you know, some of the, you know, the corporate sports, the the soccer and softball and kickball and things like that. And uh, 
again, I noticed that, you know, I couldn't move nearly as well as everybody else, even the ones who didn't work out. It didn't matter if I could, you know, if I could kick the ball all the way across the field or, you know, past the outfielder, that didn't matter. Was, you know, it was really hard for me to just move and change directions uh, easily. So I, that's about the time I started to alter my programming and add in uh, a lot more dynamic type movements and to incorporate more of the uh, hit training. Right, right. And then so when did you make the jump into being a, being a fitness instructor, trainer, coach? Um, that was uh, 2011. Okay. So I had been at the, the um, tax job for about four and a half years. And um, around the last year or so is when I thought, you know what, I, I really enjoy fitness. I like teaching it to other people and, you know, breaking it down for them and, and making it make sense. Uh, and, and just going through all the science and figuring out how things should be applied to, you know, build the type of body that you want um, or build up the level of endurance that you want or build up the level of strength that you want. And a lot of people, they can have trouble deciphering that information because it's, you know, it's the science side is, can be very technical. And then you also have to be able to navigate through all of the myths. So it was challenging for a lot of people. And I, I like to figure that stuff out and break it down for them. So, uh, 2011, I decided I was going to go into personal training and, and do it on my own. I skipped the whole, you know, go to a gym and train there and train their people. I went straight to corporate job and working for myself. <laughs> so did you just quit? You're like, I'm getting a personal trainer. <clears throat> I'm yeah. done. Did yeah. you have, did you have clients at the time? Nope. <laughs> You're just like, screw it. See ya boss. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. What, what, what went into that decision? It was a combination of things. Uh, obviously at the forefront was, you know, I, I wanted to be a personal trainer. I wanted to, to really coach people, um, on their health and wellness. The other aspect of that though was my own health and wellness. And I realized that, you know, I, I wasn't happy, um, sitting in an office in a cubicle, doing all this work for somebody else. <laughs> right. Um, and then I looked at what presumably what my life would look like based on the managers and partners, because that's sort of the, the career path that you're on when you go into a place like that is wherever the managers and partners are, that's where you're going to be in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. And um, none of them had a lifestyle that I wanted. <laughs> It was literally, you know, work as hard as you can most of the year and then, you know, take off for three weeks to a month out of the year. And was, that, that didn't sound fun to me. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I need to do something where I can feel better throughout today and for longer periods of time throughout the year as opposed to, you know, stressing out for most of the year and then having that one moment in time where you can kind of relax. Uh, so that was a very big part of my day as well. 
Yeah, never having to deal with another tax season. I'm sure that was a big uh, motivator also. Uh, to some degree, yeah. But, you know, my <laughs> I have a heart for the numbers, man. I, I like the numbers. Fair enough. I guess it comes easier to others. For me, that's the absolute last thing. <laughs> Anything to do with numbers, math, forget it. I'm like, screw it. Nope. That's why I am a physical therapist. Um, yeah. There's a lot of numbers in physical therapy. Not as nearly as many as being an accountant. Not nearly. And, and I am not proficient in Microsoft Word or Excel. That's for sure. Or any, or, or any really Microsoft Office category, for being honest. When, when it comes to, like, that's part of why I had to start my own business is because every job you apply to, it says, must be proficient in Microsoft Word and Excel. And I'm like, not me. That was, that was, that was the, the stepping stone, the jump off point for me. Um, so, so you, you jumped, you jumped off, you yep. made the jump. Um, where, where'd you get, how'd you get started? What'd you do? Where'd you get your first client? Um, well, like most, uh, personal trainers, it was family and friends I started off with. So, uh, when I told people that I was going to do it, they were like, Oh, let me know. And you know, I'd be down for some training. So, uh, I, I happen to be working with a, a really good group of people at, uh, at Living Social, uh, which is pretty much non-existent now. This is the second podcast where Living Social has been mentioned. So, and oh, that's awesome. Fact, and the fact that it is now dead. <laughs> Who's the other person? Uh, Andrew Killian. He, he mentioned it because the original District CrossFit was next to uh, Living Social, and uh-huh. then Living Social was supposed to move into another building right next door and in downtown DC here. And and then they obviously it was gonna be like the Living Social building. It was gonna be like oh, their okay. building. And yeah. then it and then it, you know, died. So <laughs> Well, uh the group I was part of, we were for the most part, we were adult camp counselors. So all the outdoor activities where it was like, hey, let's go zip lining and drinking. Let's go shooting and drinking. Let's do, uh, you know, overnight uh, whitewater rapids. We did all of that stuff. That sounds like a pretty sweet job. Yeah. They were, they were we, that day, <laughs> we were very social. Uh, so <laughs> Pun intended. Yes. We were living very socially. Uh, <laughs> I had, so I had, a lot of friends there who uh, either wanted help or knew people that, that did, and they helped me out a lot with uh, figuring out what direction I wanted to go and helping me sort of, you know, find different clients and things like that. And then after that, it just sort of, uh, it was for the most part by referrals. I got most of my clients. After about six months of that, uh, it was pretty much all referrals. Oh, awesome. At what point did you, were you able to replace your income? Uh, I wasn't. <laughs> I, um, starting a business is already challenging. Right. Yeah. Obviously. Um, and there were a lot of components that I hadn't considered mm-hmm. or that I didn't spend enough time sort of building up and preparing for. Right. And that gets very challenging when you're in a position where you, you know, you need to pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to hurt, learn a whole new skill 
while you're trying to do that. Um, and I, for, to some degree, I wasn't charging enough. Uh, yes, I didn't have enough clients, but I, you know, I just didn't do it. I didn't spread out enough uh, to get to the numbers that I needed. Right. So I, I ended up uh, helping out a friend at a uh, retail store. It was called Icebreaker. It was a clothing line out of uh, New Zealand. Everything's oh, okay. wool. <laughs> Wait, everything, everything is what? What did you say? It's made out of wool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it was this really high-end wool that only came out, only came out of New Zealand. Uh, and it was all sort of like athletic-based uh, attire. So like kind of like Lululemon-ish. But wool. But wool. And I feel like that. I, I feel like there's a reason that I've never heard of this before. Uh, I think mostly because it's really expensive. I was gonna say because it's wool workout clothes, but maybe it is really expensive. Nope, that's uh, that's most of the stuff I tend to work out in. Because I mean, Lululemon is already pretty expensive, but yeah. we're going, we're going. Fa- okay, all right, yeah. all right. Well, all right. What's wait? What's the name of the company for for our listeners at home? Uh, Icebreaker. Icebreaker. All yeah. right. I'm going to definitely look into Icebreaker after this. <laughs> I'm so intrigued now. I'll put that in the show notes. Um, so what would you say to, you know, the person who's, who's looking to make a jump like that out of an office job into, into fitness and, and they're worried about that whole, about being able to replace their income. You know, I'm sure they've gotten nice, you know, a nice desk job where they have a good salary, good life, all that stuff. But then it's like, they want to do more. They want to do something else. And that fear of like making the jump into, you know, the unknown, but potentially not being able to, you know, replace their uh, income. And what would you say to that person? Um, it's a little bit challenging for the fitness industry. I, I think, I think it's um, because you're, you, you, you really have to be good or great at, marketing to people uh, and really niching down into the demographic that you want to have, you know, getting that initially is going to be a a lot more beneficial for everyone. Um, Whereas for me, it's sort of like I had to basically take on everybody because I didn't have anything and then try and filter out the ones I, you know, didn't want to have or the type of client I really uh, preferred to work with. And, um, that's hard because oh, it's, big time. it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause especially when, especially when you're getting started, you want to, you want to be with everybody. You're like, you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll work with you. Sure. Yeah. I'll work with you. And then, and then next thing you know, it's like, you might take someone on who, you know, is going to pay, who, who's going to you know come in for a session, but then flake on the next five Yeah, or, or, you know, but just might not be as committed. And then you end up shooting yourself in the foot trying to take them on as a client. Yeah. Exactly. And if you haven't, if you haven't niched down into like the uh, specific area that you, you know, you want to be in, whether it's, you know, um, helping people with multiple sclerosis or working with seniors or working with kids or only working with people who want to lose weight or only working with uh, a certain type of athlete. Like if you haven't gotten to that point, it's just going to be a lot harder to figure out where you want to be and to market to the right group of people. And that's going to help 
a lot because if I if I was able to market to uh, people who were fitness minded in the twenty five to forty age range, things would have been a lot different for me. They may have may have been better. I don't know, but I, I know it would have been a lot different as opposed to you know just taking on the random client and you have them for a month or two and then you know you got to start all over. Right. But also having a good uh, marketing and sort of already created instead of because um, I was trying to do it in between clients and it wasn't it wasn't consistent enough for me to have sort of like a steady clientele and my rates were so low that you know pretty much everybody says said yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what was what was your what was your rate when you first started? Oh, when I first started, I think it was about, I think I charged about 50 bucks an hour. 50 bucks. Yep. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's like the, the number one thing I tell like other trainers. I'm like, raise your rates because you're worth it. You're providing a premium service. You're one-on-one with an hour. You're giving them coaching. You're talking about, you know, you're, 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 you know, spending that time. It's like, raise your rates. Yeah. I didn't know any better. I, I, Totally admit that. <laughs> I, I went into it with blinders on. I had no clue. I tried to figure out what the uh, the median was and get somewhere around that. And because uh, there's always going to be a cheaper option. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, they're always they can always go to Planet Fitness. They can always you know they can always go to like the YMCA. There's always going to be a cheaper option. So it's like, and instead of you scrambling then to like just random people get them in, it's like no, like focus on, you know, who you want to treat and yeah. then go from there. Exactly. So it's almost like reverse engineering it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish I knew that then. <laughs> same, same. I wish, I wish I knew that when I started big league also, but, uh, that's, I guess why they say, uh, hindsight, uh, 2020. no hindsight, 50, 50, but, <laughs> um, and then, so, and then start from there, then, then how did you, how did you get into your role at Elevate? Uh, so I, I was introduced to David um, by another fitness coach who was in the area when when I was at the uh, icebreaker store in it was in Bethesda, Maryland. Was he shopping at the icebreaker no. store? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I met the other coach there because they were working out at um, they were working out in coaching at Equinox in Bethesda. Okay, and uh, they said. Hey, you know, we got in this conversation about how we all started. And at the time, I was doing uh, some of the Spartan races uh, throughout the year. Yep. Or every so often. It wasn't like during the entire year. Uh, and um, they found out I was doing personal training and, you know, I was looking to do something a little bit different than coaching at a gym. And uh, they said that, you know, I know this guy, David, who's a, a professional Spartan racer and he's about to open a, you know, a training gym. And I was like, really? And in my head, I didn't know what that looked like. I totally envisioned like a turf field inside of a building yep. uh, with some ropes and some tires and some rocks like that. rocks. I like how you keep mentioning rocks as like one of your favorite training tools. Move the District is sponsored by Big League Performance and Rehab. 
At Big League Performance and Rehab, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active during the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to BigLeagueProformanceAndRehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. It is, but also, have you, you done it? This part yeah, like, did, you, did you have like a pet rock when you were a kid or something? No. <laughs> no. I had a Rottweiler. Does that count? Not quite. Not quite. But, but cute. Cuter. Um, so, no, I have not done any of the Spartan races. Well, but, Steve. But I was, I, was, I was all set to go for May. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame COVID on that. That's my, <laughs> that's my valid excuse. But well, we don't. Excuses are like assholes. We all know that. To be fair, the stadium race is a lot different from the, the regular Spartan race. True. That is, that is from what I've been told. But I got to start somewhere. You do. I agree. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's what I, uh, that's what I thought it was going to be like, you know, turf rocks and, and tires and, you know, the random, the randomness of whatever we created. Right. So uh, they introduced me to David and we, we, we talked a little bit on the phone. And after that, we had a meeting to sit down and talk. And we realized we had a lot of things in common. Uh, but at the same time, we had very different um, mindsets and approaches both to business and to fitness that seemed to complement each other based on what we knew of each other at the time. You know, I, I was more into the scheduling and detail for the business side and, um, and then the strength and, and power uh, focus as well as the uh, hypertrophy for, for the fitness side. And he was, you know, the marketer, the PR guy, um, hype man, the hype man, super motivated, very social, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then the ultra endurance athlete, you know, who can, who, you know, can do just about anything. And we were like, you know what, this, this could be a really good combination, a really good relationship between the two of us. Um, and then from there it was sort of like, yeah, I, I accept you. You accept me. Yes, we'll do this. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I accept you for who you are. Yeah. Exactly. You guys said I do, and then the uh, marriage was official. It, there it was. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, talk about going. Yeah. How, talk about forming that that business partnership. Partnership. Because I mean, you know, it's one of those things where I think a lot of people are like, oh, like I'll just go open up a gym with my my best buddies, and we'll just go go to go to work and everything will be great. I mean, is that, is that how it is? Um, no, it's like, I'd say it's like any other relationship or just like a marriage. It's, it's going to have its ups and ups and downs. You're going to have your disagreements. Uh, you'll have those areas where you totally agree. Um, but it didn't matter where we were in a relationship or how we sort of, um, came to a conclusion on any ideas, we always respected each other's perspective. Right. You know, it, it may be right or wrong, or it's just different, but we always had, you know, mutual respect for uh, what the other person brought to the table, uh, regardless of which way we decided to go. Um, and it was just, it was always a team and community effort and, we sort of use that um, 
that that cohesiveness to build and mold the rest of the team uh, as a studio group. And it was, it's been an awesome experience. I mean, I, I, I would have thought that I would have done better with a friend or someone I knew better. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they said it's usually a, a, a bad idea. And, um, I didn't know David from anything. I literally just met the guy. Right. Um, but you know, it, it worked out really well. You know, we both brought very different um, perspectives and concepts to the table and um, the studio and the community and, um, you know, even the staff have all benefited from, you know, having that dynamic between the two of us. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I think there's like, it's like uh, when you go to class, there's like the, like David's class and there's like Jamel's class and like you get the, the different, the different dynamic. And I'm pretty sure anyone <laughs> who's ever been to an elevate class knows uh, exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't, I suggest you try both of their classes so you can learn the, uh, the wonderful torture that is, that is both their classes. <laughs> Speaking of which wonderful torture, uh, how did we, how did you guys come up with, with the programming you know, in terms of like, you know, obviously, you know, with the, you know, you, set amount of space and the treadmills and the bikes and the rowers and the dumbbells and the kettlebells. I mean, there's, sandbags I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff uh and i knew if it, if you had your way there'd be may spells and there would be uh <laughs> other god knows what else but uh <laughs> but yeah so, so how did you guys come up with the with the program uh some of it was you know sort of what we considered the basics of fitness that we needed to include so dumbbells kettlebells benches um, things that people can identify with and sort of recognize as far as equipment, um, as well as the treadmills. Uh, but the rowers, I'd actually never rowed before, uh, before I met David, probably twice I had been on, I had been on a rower, but I had no clue what I was doing. (laughs) Um, so yeah, when I met him and he showed me and, you know, um, we both sort of, uh, had taken a few classes. Um, that, was an area of endurance that I had not considered at all that I was uh, very open to. So having that in the workout was awesome. Um, but I don't know if I would use the word awesome, but I, I totally would. It's an but awesome yeah. thing to add. <laughs> you don't have room for a treadmill at home, room for a rower, get one. There you go. There you go. Get a rower. The water rowers are, are fun too. Yeah, the water rower. Yeah, not the, not the chain one. That one's a little brutal. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we wanted to do a lot of the basics just because, you know, we knew that there were going to be, you know, a lot of people who probably hadn't been introduced to what we're doing. Um, so we wanted to be able to teach them and get them up to speed to, you know, the more advanced type uh, movements that we thought people should be doing that they may not be doing on their own. So, you know, clean snatches, that kind of thing, uh, the different forms of different styles of deadlift. And just sort of looking at the body as a whole, as opposed to a few movements that are very common. And some of it was uh, inspired by what came about in the Spartan races. between his training and some of mine. So making sure, you know, no one's 
focused on one specific area and they're still working on the body as a whole so that, you know, they can do everyday movements if you, whether you're competing or not, whether you're an athlete or not, you know, just going about your day-to-day life and going through it without injury. Um, but as well as those people who are athletes and do want to compete, uh, whether they're doing Spartan race or something else, giving them the tools that they need and the information that they need and the teaching that they need to uh, accomplish those goals and achieve whatever it was that they wanted at a whole nother level. What do you think goes into being able to appeal to both of those factions? Because, I mean, you got the, the experienced athletes, the other Spartan runners, all those people. And then you have the new people coming in, you know, maybe it's from class pass or, you know, just moved in across the street or looking to start a workout program. How do you appeal to both of them? Do you appeal to both of them? Absolutely. You know, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, what we offer is open to and available for everyone. Now, it, it may not be for everyone. It may not be your cup of tea. It's, you know, not the flavor that you like, which I'm okay with. But anyone can do this workout. Not everyone will want to do this workout. And that's how we've always wanted to create it. Um, some of it is, you know, building up your overall confidence in the workout that you can do these movements and you can sustain, you know, the level of intensity that we want or that we, that we want you to be able to do. Uh, But making sure that we have enough progressions and regressions, regardless of what your athletic level was so that, you know, if you come in and you've never worked out before, which we've had, we have some very, 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 (laughs) <laughs> willing people who yeah. had come in and they're like, Hey, I've never worked out before. I'm scared to death. What do I do? I'm like, just don't overdo it. You're here at the right place. You're at the right place. Uh, we're going to be here with you every step of the way and um, have fun with it and challenge yourself. That's, that, that's about it. You know, don't try and keep up with everybody else you see, but feed off of the, the you know, the level of energy in the room. But, you know, sort of get into your own world still, get through the workout, listen to the coach, and, you know, have a space where you can sort of build from. You know, start here, start with the level that you're comfortable with, and then use the coach and the time and experience to, to improve on different areas and aspects that, that you can over time. You know, be consistent and be patient. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, with any workout program is is that the consistency factor. Now, I mean, I know some gyms are like you need to come in every day. You know, where do you stand on on that idea of of having people come to Elevate? Do do you think that it's something that should be done every day? Not every day. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I've tried to do it every day, and I think I lasted about. 18 days in a row before my body said no mas. And that's why you come to see me. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure it's something I did when I was younger. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that. Um, No, it's, it's not designed for you to do every day. You can, most people can do it most days. Yes. But um, I, I often encourage most athletes, you know, you should probably be here about three days a week. Get your intensity workouts in here 
still move on your own on the days you're not here. And, you know, maybe have, you know, one like rest, rest day where you, you know, you don't do much, but you should be moving every day, even if it's not the, you know, the same workout or even the same style of workout, do, do some different ones. Um, so your body adapts to the types of workouts that you really like to do, but um, you're not promoting injury by only doing, you know, one thing. What would you recommend they do on their, those off days? I, <laughs> it's, it's funny because uh, when I started bodybuilding, I was not into um, stretching and mobility at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. No, I'm still not into it either. Yeah. I, I'm totally into mobility now. So, you know, I highly recommend people to, you know, focus on movements and learning the movements and how your body moves yeah. um, because twice in my life I've met um, older athletes and um, they said for the most part they just move every day that's how they got to the level they were at and you know when I was bodybuilding the one guy was 55 years old and he was bigger and more shredded than I was at 25 <laughs> it was like you know th this guy clearly has the answer whatever it is he he's has doing, he's doing something yeah and uh, he said no I uh, basically lift three to four days a week, but I, I work out daily. Right. I, so, I, I can't tell you how many people I've had, you know, I've had the, uh, the ability to work with that when they've done that, when they've cut back their hardcore training days mm -hmm. from six or seven to like three or four, mm -hmm. all their numbers go up. You want to run faster. You want to lift more, throw harder, whatever, whatever it is like, like, getting that down because it's one of the things where it's like you have this mindset like i need to do more 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 and that's not always the case no but then it, it becomes that train smarter not harder yeah yeah less is more uh in a lot of those cases and it's um it's not something that's well known uh outside of those of us who actually are in fitness or study fitness for a living you know the average person probably wouldn't know that and trying to get them to understand that concept is, is challenging because, you know, they come into this type of workout and they start seeing results in, you know, a week or two or three. And that entices them to do more. It, it's not even us telling them they need to come in more. They just, you know, they oh, see yeah. the results or they see the change and they're like, yes, this is working. It's this the, is the answer. The good old American, uh, if some is good, more must be better. Yeah, exactly. And I'm <laughs> like, no, <laughs> I, there's a reason why, you know, I'm 42 years old and I don't really have any injuries. It's less is more. Right. And as long as I move every day and practice some of my movements, um, you know, the likelihood of me being injured is, is a lot lower. That's, yeah, that's definitely something I've seen with other Elevate athletes is like adding some things in on those off days where it's like almost like Elevate is like your sport mm -hmm. and like, you need to ultimately like train for your sport, whether that's like working mobility, doing yoga, adding in a little bit extra like strength training, you know, mm -hmm. finding something that like supports your sport. It's like the, you know, the competitive sport of fitness, you know, like just like doing a Spartan race. And, uh, and so it's like training for a Spartan race, right? So it's like the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, uh, that was what was behind um, a lot of the motivation for us to, to implement and add the uh, the breakthrough class where people can focus in on 
either the strength component or the endurance component. Um, and it sort of created that sort of natural break for people as opposed to, all right, you're doing four or five days of HIIT training. You need to break that up, but you don't want to do it anywhere else. You want to do it here with us. So we added that, that style of class, the breakthrough class on, on Sundays and Wednesdays so that people can come in and focus. All right, you need to get stronger. You, you focus on, on either day or on both days. Now, now, I feel like people always have that attitude of if they're not good at something, they tend to avoid it. Do you find people on those breakthrough days going towards their strength, whether that's running, whether that's lifting? Do you feel them going and sticking towards one side all the time? Oh, absolutely. That's, uh, it's, it's human nature. We, we can't. Of course. It just happens. I do it all the time. If I, if, I, if I leave town, if I go out of town, whether it's to another state or to another country, obviously not right now, but uh, yeah. if I see a gym, the first style of lifting that I'm going to think about is bodybuilding just because, you know, that's what I'm used to. That's what, I'm, that's what I know. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. And I usually have to take a step back and say, hey, I, you know, I probably should do something different here. Um, so, yeah, convincing people when they come in, like, hey, you already do enough of this. You don't need to do more of it. You need to train in the other style to help what you really like to do. So, you know, if you're a runner and you enjoy running and you're putting in, you know, 15, 20 miles a week or, you know, however much that is, you probably shouldn't do endurance both days that we have it. Maybe you should only do it one day and do strength on the other, or maybe you should do strength on both days you know, to, to improve your overall strength, your leg strength, your leg endurance, um, so that you can go out and, and hit those PRs when you decide to go run. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, so when I had David on back in June, uh, you guys had not reopened yet. I know you guys have reopened both locations since then. How, uh, how have things been going? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I I was a little bit surprised at the number of people who actually wanted to get back into the gym uh, and train. Yeah, I, I was expecting more people to you know stay away from the gym, and it may look that way for like the average box gym. Yeah, but for some of the boutique studios, um, but specifically ours, the community that we spent so much time building. Yeah, um, they were ready to come back and they were fully confident that, you know, we're going to do what we need to do to keep them safe, to keep us safe, to keep our staff safe. Um, and we were sending we were sending updates, you know, almost weekly about whatever changes we, we had to make or that we were about to make right before we opened the studio, uh, as well as after we did, because obviously when we opened, it was, you know, phase, it was phase one and phase two and I have no clue what phase we're in right now, the way they have to I think it kind of just like just petered off there at a certain point in <laughs> mid-July as everything, all the numbers started going back up again. It was like, eh, we're just going to tuck this away for right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the amount of love that came through the doors when we opened was just amazing. I couldn't believe it. I was mind blown. Um, oh, yeah. And... We still recognize that, you know, not everybody is comfortable coming back to the gym right now or 
they have jobs where all of a sudden they, you know, they, they have to work from home, but uh, they're on a very tight schedule, so they may not be able to make it to the gym. So we had a few other offerings, and and those start to go pretty well, you know, in addition to it. So having um, live classes and the Elevate at Home videos and the outdoor workouts um, are all areas that people can get involved in if they want. And we encourage them to, you know, figure out what works for you. And then if you're not sure what works for you or which direction to go or how often to do anything, we always encourage them to ask us. But we wanted to make sure we had enough offerings for our entire community, not just the ones who who wanted to come into the studio. Yeah. Um, and then there are some people who do a little bit of all of those. That's, that's another amazing. They just can't get enough. Can't get enough Elevate. Well, no, because their their schedules are so odd because uh, of whatever kind of work they do. They may be working from home sometimes. They may have to go to the office sometimes. So they may not be able to make it to the gym. They know they can do the Elevate at home. They know they can get the live on certain days. And then, you know, if they, they may not feel like working out in the gym that day, they can do the outdoor. So having that variety kind of helps sort of uh, direct people in, in different ways now, especially when it comes to like, sort of uh, managing your overall training style. Right. And I mean, I think the, the community aspect is such a, such a big thing. I mean, I think with, you know, now, you know, exercise has always been like, obviously a great escape for everybody. And now it's, it's even more of an escape for people. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, especially if you're, um, whether you're working out, at, at home, or I'm sorry, working at home or going into the office, they all have different sort of uh, stressors. Yeah. And, you know, just being able to get your mind out of that, go into a different place, focus on yourself for, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes to an hour, whatever it is that day, that's going to help you in the long run and, and give you a little bit more peace of mind um, and keep you healthier so that, you know, you, your immune system can deal with a lot of the things that, that you may run into and maybe it'll help you uh, keep from catching COVID. Also, also that, also important. <laughs> yeah, that's something that you, you never, you don't really hear about that with, um, you know, the comorbidities, you know, putting people at higher risk for COVID. There hasn't been one, I feel like there hasn't been one bit of attention drawn to the fact that if we can just get people healthier, you know, and they wouldn't in this condition in this in the first place have these pre these pre-existing conditions. Then you know, we would be in a probably in a better place as a country. I I think that's very possible, but if there's you know there's no direct correlation, they they basically sort of sweep it under the rug and <laughs> ignore it. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Um, all right, so we got a few more minutes here. Okay. I want to add I got a couple more questions for you. What's uh what's the last book you read? Oh. We're on these questions. <laughs> We're on these questions now. What's the last book? Give you me, send me book. a list. Uh, give, give me one book. Can uh do uh, hopefully audiobooks count because audio, I have... audiobooks definitely count. I'm a big audiobook guy. Oh, okay. Um uh Jerry Robinson, um Bankruptcy of Our Nation. Bankruptcy of our nation. Okay. Uh, and he, he talks a lot about, um, obviously, a lot about finance, the petrodollar, and, you know, how the, the, 
the nation is set up uh, and things you can do to sort of not isolate yourself, but be better prepared financially over, over a long period of time. So that, that, that you're not, so you're not, you know, super adversely affected by, you know, recessions and depressions and things like that. And you can take more control of your, your, your financial um, future. Was this a pre or, or mid COVID read? Uh, well, that was the last one. So that was a couple of weeks ago. I finished that. Okay. I feel like, I feel like that's pretty applicable to current times. Uh, it is, <laughs> but I, I sort of accumulated a list of books and that's where it fell on the list. So that's the one that was up next. Okay. All right. Uh, what's the, uh, what's the last TV show you watched? Oh, I think I know the answer to this one. Last TV show. Uh, I think it was Z Nation. Z Z Nation. Yeah, it's a zombie series. That oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I thought for sure you were going to tell me you didn't own a TV. I thought for sure you didn't tell me that. I thought that's, I thought that's where you were going with that. No, no, no. no. I don't have cable. Uh, I, okay. I mean, neither do I, but yeah. <laughs> um, all right. What's, what's one good thing that's happened to you in the last week? One good thing that's happened to me in the last week. Well, um, I went to Mike for uh, some adjustments and uh, oh, man. strengthened up my knee. Oh, I did not pay him for this. This is, <laughs> I did not pay. This is, this is not planned. <laughs> uh, so I think I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. I don't remember now. I'm getting old. But uh, my birthday was last week. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Um, so that was something good that happened to me. Spent some time with All right. family and friends. I did some, uh, some heavy meat barbecuing while I was gone. Heavy meat. Yeah, heavy meat. Not light meat, heavy meat. Yeah, it was like 40 pounds of meat. Okay, uh, I was going to say, is it like, I feel like all meat is heavy, but it's, no. it's more of a quantity issue. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Or a cutting board, so some woodworking in there. Okay. Um, and, and that was it. Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, that's everything around it. That's, that's pretty good. I like that. That's a, that's a good uh, note to end on. So, uh, Jamel, thanks for coming on, man. This is definitely a blast. I feel like we're probably gonna have to do like an episode with you and David probably at, at some time, but, um, but yeah, awesome. I know. Yeah. Right. I think, I think a full elevate episode is probably in order next. That um, might be too much for you. It would be a lot. It would be a <laughs> lot of, a lot of elevate for me, but, uh, but yeah, thanks for coming on, man. And, uh, we'll definitely be talking soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'll catch you again next time. Thank you so much for listening to move the district today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance and Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to BigLeaguePerformanceAndRehab.com to learn more. Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, DC.